Welcome to Cassandra Explains It All, a podcast where we take a magnifying glass to all of our treasures from the past. Okay, perfect. You guys, I am so excited to be doing My Girl. I absolutely love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I know that the title has nothing to do with the movie and they really shoehorn that in there just so they could use the song. But with Anna Chomsky and between Anna Chomsky, Dan Aykroyd, Macaulay Culkin, and Jamie Lee Curtis, this movie is a banger, you guys. It's so good. Oh my gobble. It's so sweet. Okay, so, and of course, like the trailer says, it does touch touch on a lot of themes of death, um, but it keeps it light and fun. I think it's just a perfect movie for kids. So a young girl on the threshold of her teen years finds her life turning upside down when she is accompanied by an unlikely friend um that's a really bad description of the movie because that's not what happens at all um he's not an unlikely friend they've been friends since they were little kids they're best friends so okay imdb here to fail us again (laughs) but it's like the one you know reviewer on imdb did say this film is fantastic honestly i've never cried so much watching a movie and i don't cry when i watch movies but even though the bits towards the end, which will have you bawling, are what the film is remembered for. Everything in this film is just fantastic. Parts are hilarious, parts are just sweet, and by the end of the film, you are genuinely caring for the characters. So I totally agree, and we're going to examine this film from top to bottom, all of the sweet, saccharine moments that are hidden inside, and I'm going to prove to you that this movie is actually endlessly rewatchable, um, even though it takes place in a funeral home and revolves around child birth death so (laughs) here we go so before we jump into the movie though (laughs) i do have to come at you guys with some pretty funny trivia that i found that the actual working title for this movie was called born jaundice yeah that's what they try to call this movie (laughs) okay 
Um, but other names that they considered were Morning Glory, which I really like, Dearly Departed, uh, eh, I don't know, Veda with an exclamation point. I think that could have worked. She could have carried this movie. I'm really confused why Anna Chomsky didn't have a massive career after this movie. I always thought that she was a star of this movie, not Macaulay Culkin, which I learned, I'm learning now that people turned out for Macaulay, but... I thought she was just amazing. I mean, what a great child actress. And of course, there's tons of reviews out there you can find that are going to tell you that her line delivery is awful. Um, and, you know, it sounds like a child reading a, an adult script. I disagree. I just love her affectation. I love her delivery of everything in this movie. She seems wise beyond her years, but completely innocent enough that it really, really works. But there is tons of trivia that we can jump into throughout the movie. Um, let's just jump right in. Mm, wait, before we jump in to this um, candy pop death movie, I do want to see how much it made in the box office. Because, guys, this movie was huge when it came out. It came out in 1991, um, and I didn't see it on later until it was on television um, after school. But... And I remember catching it after school one day, but um, I never got to see it in the movie theater and I do not own this on VHS. So yeah, that's a bummer. If anybody out there comes across my girl on VHS, please, 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 please message me. I would love to own it. I would love to pay you for it. Please, please, please let me know. <laughs> this is definitely one I need on my shelf. They immediately establish that Veda is going to be talking directly to us. She breaks the fourth wall, which is great. Um, it's very similar to Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, which I just thought was interesting. And then we get this hilarious scene where all the kids in the neighborhood are trying to pay her to see a dead body. Um, and so she's going to sneak them into the funeral home and get paid to show them a dead body, which is adorable <laughs> and realistic. Um, it reminds me of like Stand By Me when they're going to look, the kids are going to look for the dead body. I don't know why I find this such a believable trope, but I do. I feel like this is definitely the kind of thing that me and my friends were doing. We, of course, were never going to come across anything bad because we were in the suburbs. Um, well, who knows? Shit, we got a lot of woods around here. <laughs> All right, that took a dark turn. I'm just saying I find it very relatable um, that kids want to run around on their summer break and just look for shit to get into, essentially. Um, they want to be scared. They want to see, you know, who can run into the woods for 30 seconds and run out, that kind of thing. I thought this bit was so cute and just absolutely perfect to start the movie off with. And Veda's trying to trick these kids that the dead body left the coffin, but it's really just her grandma. Her grandmother has dementia, I'm assuming. And I always was expecting for the grandmother to die, but she doesn't. Um, she's a really great piece of comic relief in this film. So that's awesome. Then we get a scene where she brings cigarettes down to her dad in the morgue. She is just so not desensitized to any of this. She's grown her up around death and she seems to have pretty good boundaries with it. But we do find out later in the film that she's not as cool with death as she wants to portray to her outside world. Um, she gets, you know, locked in the basement later and has a little freak out. But I just love that <laughs> this girl has to be inundated with these big picture ideas. She's so mature. I mean, she has to have a different 
She has to have a different relationship with death than even most adults. I mean, she knows where she can and can't go in that home before it ends. The home ends and the morgue begins. Um, She knows how she must act to the families that are grieving that come to her home. Um, So, And then she also knows her boundaries with her father, who has suffered a major loss. And um, regardless of the fact that she suffered a loss as well, you know, that's kind of been... Uh, put on the back burner Um, this girl is really carrying the entire emotional burden through this film it's just brilliant let me get jamie lee curtis's character so jamie lee curtis actually brought a swear jar onto set and dan Aykroyd said that by the end of the movie they had like five grand in that thing um because the adults on set just wouldn't stop but i guess mostly dan Aykroyd. so yeah dan Aykroyd and jamie lee curtis and the rest of the crew were solely responsible for those kids getting bank because god knows macaulay wasn't touching any of his money <laughs> i love the exchange between shelly and harry she thinks she's applying for a job as a beautician. <laughs> she's like, I'm a people person. I can put people at ease. These people are already at ease. <laughs> I was dying, you guys. That was so funny. There is a sign out front that says parlor, because, but it doesn't say funeral parlor. So, um, God, that's a good gag. I'm sorry. I know it's cheesy and silly and easy gag but i thought it was so funny jamie lee curtis doing comedy to me is just always gold i don't care what it is <laughs> her and dan Aykroyd's chemistry is just so great even when it's uncomfortable and then we get the scene with the doctor where he placates um you know he just totally goes along with veda and lets her list her litany of issues i mean he's obviously aware that she has hypochondria and he's aware of her past trauma he knows that her mother passed during childbirth i think if i'm not remembering this incorrectly that he's the one that delivered the mother or delivered veda so he definitely knows um and you know and he's just allowing her to sit and take up his time and be her psychologist and i think that that's amazing i mean the fact that this man has patience for this and the fact that in this day and age that child uh, probably didn't have I mean obviously she didn't have she didn't have access to a therapist like some kids are fortunate enough to have today and I just find the scene so sweet and endearing that her hometown doctor who delivered her would sit there and just let her tromp in and out of his office at all hours of the day with her various ailments that she's reading off of the you know off of the morgue paperwork of the bodies that they're processing there you know she's getting these all these crazy ideas of what she probably has by reading these patients charts i'm sorry these corpses dead people what do they call it patients can we call it no (laughs) these um people's charts and who have passed so i mean he just the way that he entertains her and lets her you know, go on about her delusions and gent- deals with her so gently. I just find it so sweet. It's just one of my favorite parts of this movie. <laughs> and then we get the scene with Mr. Bixler, the English teacher. This actor, Griffin Dunn, he is in a ton of movies, but like I know I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but I couldn't find anything that I think I've seen him in like big girls don't cry I don't think I've ever seen that so I don't know why he looks so familiar to me maybe just from this movie 
Maybe he just has one of those faces. And throughout the movie, he's actually fixing up an old house in town. Um, so we get a lot of nice shots of him painting outside, if you're into that. He's going to be teaching a summer writing class that Veda will be interested in taking. We should pay our teachers more. Here's my PSA for the week. She is in love with Mr. Bixler, Griffin Dunn. Um, I'm going to have to agree. I'm in love with Mr. Bixler, Griffin Dunn as well. Best shot in the movie, Veda lying dead on the floor during dinner. Oh my god. This is the first scene where we get to meet the uncle. He's Uncle Phil, I believe is his name in the movie. Yeah, Phil. Uncle Phil. <laughs> Richard Mazer. He's the actor. He's so good and so good in this movie. He was in It. Um, he was in License to Drive. But he's really good. And then there's that scene with the kids picking on Veda. But there is one nice girl that stays, like, comes back, um, you know, just to be nice to her. Which I feel is pretty realistic. There's always, like, one nice kid, right? <laughs> Maybe I'm the nice kid. Also, this is where we get introduced to the mood ring. Oh, you guys. The mood ring. Did you have a mood ring? Did you want a mood ring? Were you obsessed with mood rings? Um, <laughs> do you remember wearing bell bottoms from Limited 2? And your mom saying, that's what we wore in the 70s. You look crazy. <laughs> I wanted a mood ring so desperately as a result of watching this movie when I was a kid. And I'm, I did. I had many mood rings that turned my fingers green. But <laughs> I wonder if I could get a real one, if I could get a real silver mood ring. I should look into that. But yeah, I need to know. If you guys had mood rings, I can't be the only one, right? <laughs> Email me at CassandraExplainsItAll at gmail.com. Send me some pictures of like your worst... Um, 70s fashion faux pas of fifth grade <laughs> 90s 70s decor because <laughs> like we thought that the 70s was really hot for about two years in the 1990s there uh, some people may be forgetting this but i know there are some girls out there that were in limited to trying on bell bottoms with me and fringe jackets that know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> and she needs 35 dollars for her writing class she finds out so she's that's going to be a subplot. So we're trying to find the money for this writing class. And then we get the ball bouncing into the basement. A huge tonal shift. The music perfectly assists the scene. It's going to show us just how terrified Veda is of that basement. I feel like this is so realistic as a kid. Um, the basement is just like the most terrifying place you can think of. Guys, I grew up in Florida. I didn't even have a basement. I was terrified of basements growing up because of like Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, movies like this, <laughs> my, my girl. And she gets down into the basement, she gets locked in, she's terrified, she little, sings her little song, and she finally gets out. And Shelly finds her and rescues her, and they're immediately starting to bond. And then Shelly's putting makeup on the reverend's wife. And Dan Aykroyd has got that great line where he's like, cool, marm. She was an old school marm. He holds out the picture and shows it to her. Oh, my God. That is great. And I don't know if this kind of cheesy writing works without these two actors, but it certainly works for Dan Aykroyd. Oh, and then the kids see Shelly's camper. And they're so excited. Veda and Thomas J love the camper. They bum rush it. They have to explore every single nook and cranny of this camper. And I can so relate. I This must have been the first time that I saw a camper in cinema. And it was definitely inspirational to me. I thought, oh my God, this woman is a bad ass. 
us. Like, what? She can live anywhere. Um, you know, she's got her <laughs> everything right there. It was so, it's so adorable. Oh, and this is where she steals the money from Shelly. Oh, messed up. Well, but it's for her writing class. And, you know, Veda doesn't understand that Shelly's fleeing a crazy ex. And she has no concept of money or responsibility i'm sure and they do forgive her for this pretty quickly but i mean i'll forgive her too because <laughs> it's for mr pixler she really needs to get into that writing class and she steals the money for the writing class from shelly in her camper um, which she probably should have gotten in way more trouble than she ends up getting in but okay she is determined to be in mr bixler's writing class so she shows up the class at first you know they're a little apprehensive to have a child there but they eventually do fall madly in love with her and it's just a bunch of hippies and a couple of old people then veda and thomas J go fishing and it's they're doing catch and release and the fish is dead and he lies to her and tries to protect her which is like the, a big theme in this movie and then we get immediately this ominous shot of a dead fish it's like floating in the water <laughs> oh man so yeah they're not um expecting you to have to decipher they're 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 just like they're gonna lay it all out there for you this is some pretty heavy-handed symbolism right here <laughs> you might as well have thomas J wearing a shirt that says dead <laughs> we get shelly and harry they're flirting they have great chemistry and they make plans to go to bingo these two were actually in trading places together which i've never seen i want to see it um maybe i'll give it a watch this weekend if you've seen it and it's good, please let me know. Because I didn't really know how much I loved Anne Aykroyd until I rewatched this movie. And then before Shelly's date, we get that little lipstick scene with Veda, which is really adorable. She's teaching her how to put lipstick on and you have to blot. <laughs> and so Shelly is just starting to form this really protective bond with Veda, which Veda desperately, desperately needs. And as soon as Veda's got that makeup on she, that red lipstick on she is strutting through town she is so happy um even though she's supposed to be a tomboy she is so cute and i know people are like oh you know kids shouldn't be wearing makeup i don't find this offensive it's just adorable oh my god in that poetry scene it ends with the voiceover of i'm afraid i killed my mother and then we get a scene in the garage with her and thomas J where um, she finds a photo of her mother and they're talking about what do they think heaven is. Heaven is riding horses and eating marshmallows all day. So <laughs> yeah, rainbow sunshine everywhere we go. It's so sweet. This is so sweet watching these kids imagine what heaven is like. Um, I think for me, it's definitely like Okay, I've always had this fantasy where you can sit on top of a roof and relax and light candles. I think that I got the idea from the pilot episode of Roswell, the TV series. <laughs> so like in my mind, it's only New Mexico or large cities where you would be able to get on the top of your roof. But I'm not as much interested in the city aspect. So <laughs> hopefully I can find a house one day that, you know, it doesn't have to be a big house at all. It can be a shack. I just need to be able to sit on the roof and um, that would be heaven. Oh, and maybe the guys from Workaholics are there. See, they know what's up. <laughs> 
They're they're on the roof too. <laughs> they're they're on my level. They're already trying to hang out on the roof. And Veda doesn't really understand right away. She says I should go make fun of him and her dad's like, You can't. And I think that Veda's acting here at this point and the writing for these post death scenes are so effective that you don't need the whole you don't even need the death scene we could have just seen this we could have just saw him walk into the forest with to find the ring and then we get the cop telling the dad and then the dad telling veda but and and that would have been totally effective and i would have loved it when she's uh, crying saying that he can't see without his glasses and then she runs out of the house she runs into mr bixler who is really late for a child's funeral like what the hell come that's so rude and then he breaks her heart just to add insult to injury that he's getting married why would you tell her that you clearly know that she's in love with you is every adult in this movie oblivious to veda's feelings oh i guess that's the point of the movie duh <laughs> <laughs> oh guys it's been a long week <laughs> i'm gonna tell you what but yeah he bixler breaks his her heart he could have thrown her a bone i feel like i mean obviously i understand that this child and an adult are not going to have a relationship in the future but you can let her think that she's gonna marry you come on what's the harm or does it <laughs> i don't know and now i've got some trivia to wrap up the episode they didn't want macaulay culkin to be involved with this film because they thought that it would be bad for his career um that he dies in the movie and i don't know i was not i definitely macaulay culkin was not on my radar at this time so i don't know if i would have been disappointed if i was going to see a macaulay culkin movie and this is what i got at that age yeah i probably would have been disappointed because i would have thought it's about him and his girlfriend and it's not <laughs> but nonetheless still a great movie okay actually i don't have that much more trivia so let's just go on to talking about the really important thing here the sequel okay i know that the sequels always suck and they're never as good as the original but guys i remember loving the sequel to this movie because i remember the tar pits i remember the california of it all and the mood ring and the friend okay so let's let's take a look at what we have in store in the future when we cover the sequel oh and i don't know if i really properly wrapped up the ending but um you know everybody lives happily ever after the end Okay, on to the sequel. <laughs> My Girl 2. It came out in 1994. A 13-year-old girl searching for identity and independence. For a class project, she must write about someone she hasn't met but still admires, so she chooses her late biological mother. In order to learn more, Veda journeys to Los Angeles on a school break, staying with her uncle Phil, Richard, Richard Mazur, Nick Austin O'Brien, Phil's girlfriend's son, reluctantly agree to show Veda around the city, but before long, he's wrapped up in her search for truth. But yes, the sequel, the sequel, the sequel, the sequel. It's got all the good nostalgia feels, so we're going to have to watch that. I have crazy trivia. I mean, not trivia. Of course, I have some crazy people ranting online about my girl. What, who would I be if I didn't? Come on. <laughs> so what would... I mean, if we can't read crazy Reddit posts from 20 years ago, from 15 years ago about a movie that no one cares about, then what has this all been about? Um, actually, there a lot of these comments are from 2020. So for some weird reason, my girl is really popular on Reddit in 2020. I have no idea why. I didn't learn it till yesterday. All of the comments are from 333 days ago, which I find 
crazy (laughs) while we're under this full moon eclipse (laughs) but I just found that to be a very interesting observation that it's still big in 2020 see what I did there (laughs) okay anyways i guess we should get some context context um the original poster had posted a picture of veda leaning over thomas j's coffin Um, it says a distraught veda stands her over her friend and yells where are his glasses he can't see without his glasses however he can't see because he's dead these are what some other fellow humans had to say That's probably the only movie that messed me up. I watched it in the theater. It's called My Girl. I thought it was about my girl from Culkin's perspective. It had nothing to do with him. But I waited for him to come around as a plot point. Then he dies like a dog in the ditch and the movie moves on. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, Then he dies like a dog in the ditch and the movie moves on. Okay. Great movie. I never watched it again because I don't want to ruin it. It's a better movie than it gets credit for. If it isn't, after a second watching, I don't want to know. <laughs> All that was from one commenter. I loved it. (laughs) It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sequence of words. Oh my god. Watched this and My Girl 2 with my kids. Hadn't watched since I was little. I warned them they were going to cry. They didn't. They were just weirded out that they lived at a funeral home. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, I'm sorry, guys. She was crying like that because she didn't want him to be dead. Lots of people, especially people older than the girl she was portraying, can't register death until later. It might be a day or two. It might be years. She, the characters, knew she loved loved him and they were going to date slash be together. Um, Okay, that's ridiculous. For real though, you don't kill off a main character unless you're trying to prove a point to the audience. Until the recent, it was rare if a focal character died in many dramas like Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet to prove a point. (laughs) What? She just said it's rare. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> for okay, obviously everything she's saying to begin with is crazy, but then she says for real though, you don't kill off a main character unless you're trying to prove a point to the audience until the recent trend of movies and TV series. It was rare it was rare if a focal character died in many dramas like Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet to prove a point. No, but they did die in those. What are you that you have to reverse that sentence. Okay. And then someone commented, dude, it's a joke. <laughs> Reddit is so... People don't understand sarcasm. <laughs> I've learned. But wait. <laughs> someone writes, this was filmed on the street near my grandmother's house. She swears she was an extra in the funeral scene, but none of my family has seen her. We've watched the scene every time we get together to see if we missed anything. Fucking liar. <laughs> Oh, Grahuvian, 333 days ago, you Reddit commenter, you. That's hilarious. What? Stop trying to clown your grandma. Let her believe she was an extra. You're just as bad as Veda's family, for Christ's sake. Oh my God, you guys. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I'm sorry. I'm not usually 
like in this good of a mood, but it just happened to work out this way. So, so my movie recommendation for the week is going to be New Low by Adam Bowers. Um, I fully endorse anything he has done in the past and does in the future. Stand by that. <laughs> and my book recommendation is going to be mm, I'll have two. So Ernest Heckel, Art Forms of Nature. It's one of my favorite books right now. I've been really getting into it. So <laughs> mm, fractals in the AM. So and and of course I'm always gonna plug Andrew Bixler, Space Junk. It's such a good book. Actually, uh, eventually I will read a couple of paragraphs from that book that I find especially amazing. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll have to do like a space episode. Pick maybe we'll do space cases. An episode of space cases. How does that sound to you guys? And then um, a podcast. I'm going to have to shout out Quill and Film Productions. They have a podcast called measuring flicks so if so if you love movie podcasts which you probably do if you're listening to this i want you to check out measuring flicks they are amazing they are smarter than me they are more observant than i they are funny they are great people i'm actually a um, huge fan. I've, I don't uh, watch a lot of the movies that they do because like I mentioned, they're a lot smarter than me. So they watch some, you know, pretty artsy flicks, but I love to listen to them talk about them. They're so passionate and just wonderful, beautiful people. So I would direct you that way, measuring flicks. And the first 60 seconds of their podcast has an earworm song that will never leave your brain. It's beautiful and definitely worth listening to just for their musical skills alone. So head over there and check that out. And if you guys want to support the show, as always, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Cassandra explains it all. If you want to get a hold of me and tell me how awful I am for any of my rants, you can find me at Cassandra explains it all at gmail.com. You can always find me on Instagram and Facebook, Cassandra explains it all. And mostly I'm on Twitter at forward slash Cass Explains. Also, guys, if you if you like this podcast, please do me a favor. Go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. I will give you a shout out on the show if you rate and review it on iTunes, if you share it anywhere, if you message me. But the biggest thing is definitely to rate and review it on iTunes. That helps other people to find it. But besides that, the next episode we're going to do is going to be heavyweights. And I, ooh, this is going to be a treat, you guys. I'm going to be in rare form. My brother is going to record heavyweights with me. I have done extensive research for this podcast. This is absolutely one of my all-time favorite movies. So I am beyond elated to be able to cover it. And it's going to be an extra long episode and it's gonna get really wild I'm sure so I hope that everybody's ready for that one I hope that everybody has a wonderful weekend remember it's TGIF thank god it's Friday you guys right maybe you're not listening to this on a Friday that's okay you can be later alligator (coughs) 